Hello, dear friends, and welcome. It's On Mike with Jordan Rich, where conversation is alive and well, conversation with creative people who have a lot to say. I welcome a fine local author to the podcast today. His name is Peter Clenet. He's written several thrillers. His latest is called The Unwanted. As World War II is about to begin, a young child prodigy is taken by the Nazis to be euthanized. She meets up with and befriends a 16-year-old beauty, a young German girl, a member of the Hitler Youth Program. A lot happens during the war and post-World War II when Hannah is a suspect in a murder case. There's a lot of fascinating history here about the Nazis' eugenics program and the systematic euthanization of those who didn't meet Aryan expectations. A thrilling historical novel of the first order. So let's begin the conversation, shall we, as we go on mic with the author of Unwanted, Peter Clenet. Peter, I love the book. I was fascinated by it, as I am with most books about World War II. This is not the first adventure of this kind that you've written. Tell us about your previous books, first of all, if you don't mind. Well, I've been writing for so long. There, there are many books. I probably should start with the ones that actually have been published. Uh, the first one that, that came out that you interviewed me for uh, was called Hunting the King, and, and it about an archaeologist looking for the remains of Jesus in, in the desert of Iraq during the Iraqi war. Uh, probably ill-timed because it came after Dan Brown's book. But I also published a novel about a helicopter crew landing in the Amazon and coming across uh, the remnants of an indigenous tribe, few children and elder, who've been in hiding for thousands of years in the forest. And for some reason, something had happened to their ancestors to cause these Indians to stay hidden in the Amazon for so long. When the helicopter crew brings them to a medical facility, it's discovered that there's something very different about their DNA. So that, that's more of a, of a science fiction-y type of novel. But I also self-published, and I won't do that again, <laughs> a, a novel called Devolution, but that's the story of a young girl who's raised in the Congo by her anthropologist father, and she learns how to communicate with the chimpanzees through sign language. You've got uh, quite the active imagination, but you also do a lot of research. Let's talk now about Unwanted. Was it easier to research Unwanted because of the era and all the documentation available before we get into the story? Oh, yeah. Uh, plenty of novels. When I decided to write it, I had written a screenplay many years ago and wanted to do research on that to take that to novel. Uh, but as I began to do the research, the novel changed completely. I, I learned about the euthanasia program that the Nazis conducted on their own children uh, back in 1939. I learned about the female version of Nazi youth. Uh, I learned about the horrors of the war after the war. People think that the war ended when Hitler committed suicide and the Germans surrendered. They don't realize that, at least for the Germans, uh, that war continued for a long time after. Uh, millions, millions of German women were raped uh, by Russians, uh, even by American, French, and British soldiers. There were millions of people who were homeless. Cities were devastated. So I learned a lot that I hadn't known, and I try to put all of this into this novel and into a sequel, which, which I've written already, uh, but which, well, we don't know whether it will come out or not. It all depends, I suppose, on the success of The Unwanted. We're hoping that the people who listen to this and other uh, shows like this will pick it up and read it. It is a thriller from page one on. It involves real characters and some nasty ones, Goebbels, uh, Himmler, etc. So let's tell the basic story. It involves an institute 
And this is all based on on actual fact. The Nazis were trying to uh, weed out those lesser Germans or those of lesser stock. Uh, that's putting it mildly. Talk a little bit about the Institute. For one thing, of course, the Germans wanted a pure race. So that not only meant getting rid of Jews, gays, gypsies, whoever, but also uh, individuals who had uh, mental health issues, physical issues. Uh, they were relying, they assumed that many of their soldiers were to come back wounded from war, so they wanted the hospital space available. And the Germans had a phrase for it, life unworthy of life. So they felt it was better for the, for the families and for the individuals themselves to euthanize them. And, and they actually used this euthanized, euthanization program as a precursor to the, to the Holocaust. They, they tested out their weapons of mass destruction on their own children. Mm-hmm. So they had institutes uh, where the disabled would be brought, sometimes uh, by force, sometimes families willingly gave them up. They couldn't, they couldn't deal with it, so they, so they surrendered their children. And these people would end up at, at these institutes. They might stay there for a couple of days, a couple of weeks. They would die very quickly. Forms would be filled out stating that such and such an individual died of pneumonia after they only or tuberculosis after they'd only been there for a few weeks. So it was just a way of ridding themselves of of the people that they considered unworthy of life. And the main character at the opening in the first part, first chapter of the novel is being taken by her psychiatrist and her grandfather to a euthanasia clinic. Your main characters, they are two young women, and they are dynamic and fascinating. The first one being Hannah. What is her story? Hannah is 14 years old. She's raised in a well-to-do German family, but her, her, her mother was a kind of bohemian, I guess you would say, into the theater, and she had an affair with someone who the family suspects is Jewish. They don't know, but they, they suspect. So Hannah is the, is the product of an illegitimate relationship. At 14 years old, she's being taken as a, as a, by her grandfather and by her psychiatrist, who should know better, to a euthanasia clinic because she, <clears throat> she appears to be somewhat bizarre, her behavior. Uh, I don't want to give away why that might right, be. Right, right. But in fact, she's, she's a genius. She's mm-hmm. quite intelligent, uh, knows what's going on, is very brave, dynamic, and spends a lot of the novel trying to rescue other people, you know, the children like herself. Right, right. Terrific character, and I, yeah. I look forward to having her come back. The other character is an amazing character, because this young lady, please help me with her pronunciation. Yeah, Silky Hartenstein. Silky, I didn't want to me- mess that up. Sure. I will try this one. Bun Duch Meidel. Yes, that, that was the female version of the Nazi youth. So, so Silky is blonde, blue-eyed, Aryan, just what Hitler would have would would have seen as the perfect German woman. So she's even at sixteen, she's graced the covers of Nazi propaganda magazines, and she's part of the female Nazi youth, where they teach girls to be perfect. Not only are they supposed to ultimately be the great mother and housewife, housekeeper, but they also have to know how to clean a weapon and shoot shoot cannons and clean tanks. Uh, they have to be essentially be be everything, um, mm. but Silky is is raised in a family that 
does not support the Nazis, they, but they're, they're afraid, they're frightened. Silky will stand up to, to the Nazis and support Hannah. She becomes, she actually saves Hannah's life. Um, and they, right. they bond. So it's, in a sense, Silky represents that element of the German society that certainly secretly detested the Nazis, but was afraid to do anything. Um, so I think they're both powerful characters. Well, Hannah Silky, plays a greater role in the sequel than Silky, but... Right. Uh, Silky is a victim, too, because, as you say, they're raised to be mothers and wives, but that's euphemistic because they're raised to be almost raped by other Germans to present these perfect children. I mean, it, it's, it's a horrible existence, not as horrible as that of Hannah and her flock to think well, that one she's... Of the, one of the research books that I pulled out was... Uh, accounts by members of the of the German Nazi youth. Uh, so a lot of what Silky becomes is what I read uh, from their accounts. You know, and a lot of them uh, regret what they had to go through. Sil- Silky was forced to have sex with somebody she didn't want to have sex mm-hmm. with to produce a child. Her, mm-hmm. her job, as any German woman at the time, was to produce beautiful Aryan boys. Um, and to serve the Nazis in whatever way in order to protect her own family. So it, it, right. it certainly wasn't pleasant. I'm talking here on the podcast today with Peter Clement, who's written a terrifically thrilling and uh, thought-provoking novel called Unwanted. And it really takes place from the early 30s through the late 40s. So much going on, the United States and the other allies, including the Russians, divvying up Germany, divvying up Berlin, of course, and a lot of black marketeering and a lot of not-so-nice stuff happening to the population and to uh, those trying to escape and so forth. Talk a little bit more about 1947. Yeah, again, the research taught me a lot as the Russian army from from the east was coming in, their leaders, were, their generals were basically telling the soldiers, look at what the Germans did to our people. Look at all the villages that were burned. Look at all the innocent women and children who were killed. You basically have laissez-faire to do whatever you want to do. And so literally millions of German women were raped. You know, not dozens, not hundreds, mm-hmm. not thousands, but millions. That's a fantastic number. And also many people committed suicide, whole families committed suicide, because as the Russians were coming in, uh, they were there thinking, oh my God, we're going from Hitler to Stalin. Now, we can't deal with it anymore. So, so whole families would, would, mothers and fathers would tie rocks around their children and walk into a river, or they'd, or they'd all take poison, or they'd hang themselves. Mm. Uh, millions of people were, uh, who had, been uprooted by the Germans, uh, were, were homeless, wandering the roads, you know, committing th- theft, murder. Uh, there was the black market, as you said. Jews who had survived were trying to get to Palestine, but the, Brit- but the British government was prohibiting them, so, so there, were, there was an organization set up to try to sneak Jews into Palestine. Uh, many Nazis who escaped justice some of them, like Werner von Braun and other scientists, were, were recruited by the various governments, but others, high Nazis, uh, like Dr. Mengele, uh, were escaped to Argentina. Mm-hmm. 
with the help of the Red Cross and, and the papacy. Um, so that it, it, was, it was a mess. It was a turmoil. Of course, Germany was decimated by bombing. Uh, so you would go into cities just after the war and you'd see people cleaning up the streets, you know, shoveling up bricks and stone and dirt, trying to, trying to recover. And it, and it wasn't easy. And you know, the, besides the rape, many women trying to survive willingly engaged in sexual encounters with the British, the French, the Americans. In fact, one of the things that led me to this was the fact that my grandfather, who was a World War I veteran who commanded an air base in Iceland during World War II and was a prosecutor of Nazis at the end of the war, lower-level lower Nazis, had an affair with a German woman and it, that produced a child, a daughter. And I have I have no idea who that person is. It might be interesting hmm. at some point per, to find out. But my family wanted nothing to do with her when they when they found out. Hmm. But Germany was in complete turmoil, which which is a reason why I I set on writing this novel and pot potentially a series of novels because if you set a detective or these other characters into New Jersey or Iowa, it, it could be a good story. But when it's set into such a maelstrom, it was. Germany was at the end of the war, it becomes far more entertaining, far more enlightening. Oh, absolutely. And, and what I like to do was, as a writer, obviously I have to entertain or you're not going to turn the page. But I also like to, to teach. I, I also like to reveal things. I think that's important. So that when you put my book down, whether it's science fiction or historical or whatever it is, it's not going to be, oh, that was a good book, now let me move on to something else. You're going to remember this novel. There's another aspect, another plot point that is very important, and I loved it because I'm very familiar with this particular part of the Kennedy history. There's a Kennedy-esque family from Maine, where you're from. They factor into this story quite impressively. We don't need to talk about what happens in the novel because that's cool and interesting, but there's no question that uh, Papa Joe Kennedy was interested in grooming his oldest son for president someday. Let's talk about that Kennedy-esque family that you create for the book. Well, I, I wanted to make sure that I drew in an American audience. I thought I had a, a, a great novel with great characters, period piece, mystery, uh, but they were mostly German. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? What do I need to do to make sure that an American audience buys into the novel? So it, it interested me that, that jo what Joe Kennedy did, and hopefully I won't get sued, Hmm. Uh, I don't mention them, but he did have his daughter, Rosemary, lobotomized. It, in fact, while America never went to the point of euthanasia, obviously, sterilization was a popular concept in the 30s. Uh, and so I thought, well, it, it would be kind of a neat parallel to bring, to bring them in while the Germans, while Hannah Ziegler is being threatened with euthanasia, uh, Rose, the, the character who portrays... Rosemary uh, is is being lobotomized, um, so I, I thought the parallel would work, um, and you had to tie the two two families together so that Hannah and the character who plays the Rosemary uh, are friends. Um, so I thought it worked. I thought it enhanced the novel. The Level Best Books, which publishes published my my book, especially specialize in what's called, I guess, cozy mysteries, where you, know, you have a detective, you have a murder, and you have suspects. And the, the basic concept of the novel is for the detective to uncover the murder. 
And certainly that's part of the novel because there is a murder that occurs just after the war. But that's that's only a, a, a one one string, one strand of the novel. The, the detective, in fact, is not even the major character. It's Hannah and Silky. So let's come back just for one moment to the Nazis and the fact that they cataloged everything. We know this. I mean, everything was there in black and white as to what they did and why they did it, isn't it? Well, pe- people do. Uh, I, I don't think it was that much of a surprise, maybe the extent, six million people. Uh, but remember, there were there were Jews who tried to sail and, and seek um, freedom in the United States who were sent back to Germany. St. Louis, yeah. Yeah, so I wish I could say people didn't know, but I think, I think people... Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the records that the Nazis kept were so exact and so... Yes. And they were almost proud of what they were doing at the time. They were proud of it, the evil cabal that they were. And it makes it even more head-scratching when you realize these were people of, of great intellect and culture and art and science, and they went down this horrible road. I, I think what's important is to understand that it doesn't have to happen or didn't just happen in Germany. It could happen anywhere. You know, how, how did the German people fall under Hitler's spell? And things go downhill rapidly. It happened in Germany, and who's to say that it couldn't happen here? I think that's a lesson that people really need to seriously think about. Well, there's no question. Yeah, there's no question that tyranny exists in all parts of the world, uh, and we have to be on our guard always. But uh, I don't think anything will ever equal what the Nazis did and how they did it and how systematically they did it. It was so telegraphed from day one when Hitler issued his edicts and so forth. Well, the book is is terrific, and it's one of these books that's a page-turner. I know that sounds cliche, but what the heck, I'll say it anyway. I, I enjoyed the first time we spoke, and I loved speaking with you again, Peter, and so proud of you and happy for you, and I just hope that more people discover, and I know they will, The Unwanted and all the other books, which will keep you on the edge of your seat. So uh, why don't you be kind enough to spell your name, which is your website, with a .com at the end. All right, so the website is https. Slash slash, and it's P E T E R C L E N O T T dot squarespace dot com. Boy, you're old school. Giving me the HTTP. I who knows? I I'm very old school. I've been. You know, the thing is, I've been writing for almost a half century. So when I this book is not just it's just not not a matter of this book being successful. <laughs> it's fifty years of writing. That could be opened up if this book succeeds. I trust a lot of people are going to discover it and really love it. It's called The Unwanted, and it's really, really powerful. Uh, Peter, as always, and I mean this, thank you, and uh, it's a pleasure to connect with you. Oh, thank you very much. Once again, Peter's website, without the HTTP colon slash slash, is www.peterclenet.com, spelled C-L-E-N-O-T-T, peterclenet.com. Great guy. Speaking of great guys, there's Dan Tebow, who does all of our publishing through Fast Twitch Media. There's the team at Chart Productions, the studio where we produce this and many other podcasts, audiobooks, commercials, narrations, and more. And to find out all kinds of things about me and my podcast, my book on air, my 50-year love affair with radio, and much more, visit jordanrich.com. Till next time, dear friends, be well so you can do good. Take care.